Good morning, Fisher King. All right. <laughs> you want to host, Stevie? Hell no. Hello. Uh, this is my punishment movie, and this is spoilers. This is spoilers. Right now, we I've got a couple of friends on the line and we're going to talk about the fisher king which was uh commanded down upon me um as i lost our oscar pickham game by carter the milkman what a strange uh, choice indeed strange indeed uh let's go ahead around the uh virtual table here and kind of introduce ourselves before we delve into this madness uh, i'm stevie recording from mishawaka indiana and I'm still kind of stunned at this choice for a movie for a punishment. There are so many other choices. <laughs> and this movie was so mu- it was so punishing to watch because the guy who directed this movie also directed a spoilers classic, Time Bandits, Terry Gilliam. Well, we'll get to this later. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie was punishment. Mikey, go ahead. Uh, Mikey, I'm recording from Elkhart, and uh, I didn't watch this movie, so uh, I'm ready to see how it stacks up compared to Time Bandits. Oh, You're a better man for not watching it, Mikey. Um, this <laughs> I was <is> interested. <laughs> no, you shouldn't be. Nope, nope, uh, this nope. is Jordan. I'm recording from Greensboro, North Carolina, um, and as I said before, the reason that we are uh, re- uh, recording this podcast at all and the reason that me and Stevie subjected ourselves to this is a huge thanks to Carter the Milkman, um, who, what, did he tie for first with Pappy, and the, it came down to a tiebreaker for the uh, Oscar Pickham? Yeah, they won on a tiebreaker. He won on a tiebreaker. I forget which tiebreaker it was, though. It was several tiebreakers, and I think it was like the sixth Oh, good lord. Somehow. Um, but anyways, so, we've got the Fisher King here. Um, I'm going to be explaining it kind of for Mikey, Stevie, I guess. Go ahead and butt in whenever you like. Um, as you said, this is directed by Terry Gilliam. Uh, we'll get a little bit more into his history of shitty movies later his on. Stick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Mikey, we've got The Fisher King. It starts out with Jeff Bridges, um, who I still can't separate from the Lebowski character. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's got the same hair and everything. Like it's the it's the same guy. So. Lebowski plays a radio DJ who he's basically Howard Stern. Um, That's who he's actually based off of. Yeah. 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 He's based off Howard Stern. Um, Stern wanted to be a consultant for the, for the film I read, but the producers eventually said no, cause they didn't want to pay it. <laughs> so they just based it off his like shtick on the radio. Shock um, he's talking dirty. Yeah. He's a shock. Uh, jock, yeah. Yeah. And honestly the, that part only lasts for like the first, few minutes of the movie like you really only see like a couple little scenes with them kind of being a shock jock um before the madness ensues yeah and so there's this guy that calls in and he goes on a kind of a little rant uh not the guy not the listener but jeff bridges does uh sorry his name is jack jack on the radio um he kind of goes on a rant about the yuppies at this like upscale club downtown that the listener went to and felt like he was like the nerd at the club and he kind of goes on this rant, and it kind of cuts to the next scene, and we find out that the listener was like deranged and went to the nightclub and gunned down like eight people, I think, including himself. Yeah, 
and oh, and killed himself and like hurt a bunch of other people. Jack feels responsible, gets cast into a suicidal depression. That and lasts probably what a year. I mean, do we jump what a year or two? We jumped. We jump three years later. Okay. Um, and we find that he's a suicidal drunk that lives um, in his girlfriend's apartment, which is located above uh, the video store that she owns and he works in. Um, works kind of in quotes because he really just like mopes around and makes fun of customers. For those young kids out so, there, there wasn't always Netflix. You had to go to a store to purchase a movie, actually to rent it and take it home. Dude, those so are the quit days. being a DJ. Yeah, yeah he... Uh, what was it? What'd you what'd you say? He was kind of forcefully told to be gone. I don't even think he was forced to be gone because, like, at some point in the movie, the there's like people trying to get him back, and he like just is too depressed and like drunk and stuff to like. Yeah, he becomes like, like an alcoholic. Right. Yeah. You with us so far, Mikey? Yeah. <laughs> uh. So at some point. Uh, around that like three year mark like it's just a title card and it says three years later one night uh sorry jack gets really <laughs> drunk yeah jack gets really drunk and he gets in a, kind of a fight with his girlfriend because he's just being a bum and like all depressed all the time and he goes to commit suicide by strapping uh cinder blocks to his feet and he's about to like jump into a river do we have a location for this, Stevie? Do you know? It's New York, isn't it? I'm guessing it had to be like the East River or something like that because it looked extremely dirty. Yeah, it's But wild. it looks like the river where you're not surprised you like a dead body was found with cinder blocks on his feet. Well, the thing yeah. is, he's not even jumping like from a bridge. He's jumping like from the shore. From the so shore. He's... <laughs> <laughs> so he's got to walk out there with those cinder so. blocks on Why, why try to commit suicide in the most difficult way? It looked like the shoreline (laughs) of, like, a dump. It was quite peculiar. And so he's out there kind of saying his last words. But uh, this car pulls up behind him, and a couple guys hop out. And they have, like, a baseball bat. And they, like, start yelling at him. And they think he's a homeless guy. And they're saying, like, we're sick of you fucking homeless, like, ruining our part of town. These two kids' hobby... Is to yeah. go out at night and beat homeless men. They mess them up. So so they beat them up a little As bit. Kids and then, do. They, then they pull out <laughs> gas cans. They pull out gas cans and dump the gas all over him, and they're about to light him on fire. When out of nowhere, Robin Williams' entrance music fires up, and he comes in and saves him. No, no, not uh, only not only that, but he's screaming oh. in Scottish. <laughs> Dressed a like a dressed like a warlord of a dump. <laughs> just, just picture Jumanji, but he's even dirtier and he's screaming in Scottish. So he's a homeless guy. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a- terribly homeless. His name's Perry. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's dressed in like trash basically, and he comes and saves <laughs> saves Jack with like his with him and his like merry men. <laughs> like a couple that help him out um and they like the the vagrants or whatever that are (laughs) trying to beat up jack like end up driving away um steve i kind of checked out for a little bit here is there anything significant in between this and like when we find out perry's backstory dude i was checked out at this point too Okay, I'm going to um, hustle through the rest of the synopsis and we can just talk a little bit more about Please do. I, I can't hit every point because there are too many of them. 
Gotcha. All right, so we find out that Perry was driven mad because he was in the nightclub that got shot up with his wife, and she died in front of him. She got shot by that dude. Which was we extremely see later traumatic. In, like, a flashback. It's fucking brutal. Like he gets, she gets shot by a shotgun, and her like brains splatter all over Perry's face. Like it's messed up. Wow. So we find, yeah, yeah, it's real weird. It's dude. Um, this movie got dark so we, real quick. It does. <laughs> so Jack believes that it's his fault because it is, and he decides that he's gonna help him, but he's not sure how. He so he's like kind of following Perry around for a few days, like sleeping in the streets sometimes, and sometimes going home. He eventually finds out that he has this crush named Lydia, who he follows around, like stalks her on her commute to and from work and during lunchtime. Played by the she's chick a, that was Honey Bunny in Pulp Fiction. Played by Honey Bunny, and she's even weirder in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Um, so he's going to try to help her land this crush. They end up going on a double date, so Jack and his girlfriend and Perry and this girl, Lydia. Perry and the girl are both pretty insane, and they just do really... Yeah, Perry sees like a 20-foot flaming knight. Like on a oh, horse. Man. I don't even have that in my notes because it doesn't make any sense. No, he just, <laughs> he sees like this giant red knight covered in flames and he also hears voices. So the man's yeah. pretty like mentally disturbed. Yeah, he's schizophrenic for sure. And so, yeah, he, intermittently he'll like see this red knight, the flaming knight, you might say. And <laughs> <laughs> he like chases him through the streets and he's like, everyone can see Perry just running through the streets, but obviously no one can see this flaming knight chasing him but anyways so he kind of wins over lydia but then he has another breakdown he goes back into a catatonic state and the doctors say he's basically just reliving the night when his wife died i don't know how they would know that (laughs) he used to be a professor at a college used to be a professor named henry i think what his name was henry when he was like normal and then yeah His name was Henry, and then after that, while everything went down with the shooting, he created Perry. This is rough, man. At some point that we skipped over, <laughs> Perry Perry tells Jack the story of the Fisher King, which is it doesn't really make that much sense to me. It's it's all about like the Holy Grail, basically, and we find out that Perry thinks the Holy Grail is in this like castle made by this famous architect that's in downtown New York. And he's trying to get that thing. So Jack decides because Perry is all in this catatonic state. He's also, gonna go get this. you forgot to mention Perry was beaten into a catatonic state by those same kids that tried to murder Jeff Bridges at the beginning. Oh, shit. Yeah. See, he was, he was beaten into a coma by these From kids. These hooligans. Yeah, they're, they these look like they're 16. Kids. These anti homeless hooligans. Yeah, like quit bumming up our city. And then they light people on fire. <laughs> Sorry, Jordan, didn't mean to interrupt you. Keep going. You're good, man. It it needs some interruption. This is a terrible fucking plot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So Jack decides to go steal this cup that Perry thinks is the Holy Grail from this, like, billionaire's house. He has to, like, scale some walls. I thought we were going to be able to talk a a little bit with Vince about the bouldering techniques that he used to get up the castle walls to to get this grail. But he gets in anyways. and the cup magically wakes up Perry when he gets it back to the hospital. Um, Perry gets the girl. Jack gets his girlfriend back after they kind of broke up. And then at the end, Perry and Jack are just, you know, naked in uh, Central Park. talking As about fireworks the go go over the skylight. Yeah. There's Why are they naked? There is That's a like, scene in the, in the middle of the movie where 
Um, Perry was hearing voices again in the middle of Central Park. This is after the knight was chasing him for two hours, and he pretty much he ran takes a out his wiener. <laughs> yeah, he gets buck naked and just starts <laughs> flailing his wiener everywhere. And Jack Jeff Bridges doesn't get naked. It's nice that idea. In the end, it's funny because he gets naked with Perry. It's so stupid. This movie was so brutal on so many levels. Stevie, you had mentioned that the actress that plays Lydia, also Honey Bunny, won an Oscar. No, Um, the chick that played Jeff Bridges' girlfriend won an Oscar for this movie. What? Mercedes Rule? I think it's German. Um, Yeah, she's. For those who don't know, she played the mom in Big with Tom Hanks. That's kind of like the connection you can make with her. But yeah, this movie was a uh, Oscar-winning movie, you could say. Interesting. Um wow. Un- it's unbelievable actually. <laughs> okay, why is this movie so highly rated? Dude, I don't get it. I don't really get the point of the Fisher King story like that the Holy Grail, I like I guess it heals the king at the end, but so did is this supposed to be like all in his head and it cures him or does this grail actually exist no it was like a spelling bee trophy from the 30s yeah so it was like in his head he thought he cured himself by getting but they don't he he saw it in a magazine he saw it in a magazine like architecture monthly or something he's like that's the holy grail because he's crazy and so he's been trying to get it since then but yeah what stevie this movie just made zero sense in every sense of the word, making zero sense. So are they, are they both okay at the end? or is are No, because they, they make crazy? it seem like Jack is a little schizophrenic as well. I, no, I think Jack gets a... Uh... Oh, yeah, they do, because like the, the He starts talking weird. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. I forgot about that. So, yeah, when he's in like the billionaire's mansion trying to steal the Holy Grail... He like has a little hallucination, and his hallucination is the shooter from the beginning of the movie with like a shotgun, and he takes a shot at Jack, and Jack like dives away, and then realizes there's like nobody else in the room, obviously, and yeah, that's it. I I think by the end that Jack is back on the radio though. Yeah, and it got really stupid because he. This movie was extremely '90s, by the way. Though just picture extremely '90s fashion. 90s furniture i mean 90s like this movie just screamed 90s (laughs) in all the worst way possible but like he broke up with his girlfriend because he was famous again is that how you took it i don't know like he gave her some bullcrap about how he wanted to like figure himself out or whatever but i don't know it was weird I, i don't get why the girl took him back because like he's basically just an asshole the entire movie I yeah, mean, they, like, he's they, like she seemed pretty nice, but, but, but he just like leaves and she, and he like won't tell her where she's going. She thinks he's like sleeping around, and then as soon as he like starts to get money again and like bring in some income to their tiny little apartment, um, she's like, uh, "Yeah, I think we should maybe take some time apart and like leaves basically." But then at the That's end, cool. he just he just goes back and he's like, "I think I might love you," and so they kiss and make up. <laughs> They do that stupid movie trope where the camera stays still, but the two characters fall to the ground as if they're they're implying they're about to have sex. <laughs> In the middle of a video store. The, yeah, there's like VHSs <laughs> like falling all over the place, which can't be comfortable. I mean, no. yeah. It, this movie was punishment, 
I'll say it. So I haven't seen the other Terry Gilliam flick that we've that you guys spoiled. Is it worse than Time Bandits, Stevie? No. Time Bandits is worse. Did so Time even a punishment movie. It was punishment by Pappy. So Time Bandits <laughs> is two hours. No offense to small people, little people, dwarves, midgets, whatever you want to be called, but they're Time Bandits is British dwarves, which makes it even harder because these small, these little people have really like squeaky, squirrely voices. So picture squirrels talking with a British accent. You can't understand a damn word they're saying the entire like, movie. Like and there's, yeah, and there's like seven of them. There's like seven the of them just time. speaking at the same time. You can't understand a single word they're saying. But this movie did have one saving grace, which was when they're walking through uh, Grand Station and everybody's doing the waltz <laughs> as uh, Robin Williams is chasing Lydia. That's probably that my favorite funny. part of the whole movie. That was really cool and really well done. That's good. It sounded like that was almost like I was reading a little bit um, of like the backstory and trivia behind the movie. And it said that that was uh, almost like a spur, not, not a spur of the moment, but like they were recording a different scene and they just like added that one in. And they came back to set to uh, Grand Central Station later, and like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna shut this down tonight and do this scene. Yeah, that was the best part of the whole movie. So good on him. It was good. I'm really disappointed Vince couldn't join us because there's a few parts where Jeff Bridges does some bouldering. He like climbs over some big rocks. He also no way he's strong enough to wall. climb that rope like 40 feet in the air. <laughs> Dude, that's what they used to do in like gym class, man. They <laughs> that man they had scale, some serious like forearm strength then, because good lord. I'm surprised they snuck in two, <laughs> well, three naked dicks also in this movie. It just was totally real or prosthetic. I mean, it's kind of dark. <laughs> but it's dark. It's probably real dong. I'd have I mean, to imagine. Go investigate, Mikey. <laughs> nah. And there's also that really That's strange scene. Where do you guys remember the movie Airbud? Yeah. Do you remember the actor who played the clown? Yeah. He's in this movie. What? Scary. He's the crazy guy. He's like the cabaret singer that goes to Lydia's work and just starts singing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Redheaded, bald. Yeah, he was also in Jurassic Park 3. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I know him from. (laughs) The classic that is Jurassic Park 3. But yeah, there's this really strange scene where he's just like singing for like four straight minutes. So you're saying it's a little bit like La La Land. But worse. They're dancing. They're singing. <laughs> Why you gotta say it like that, Money? I really like... <laughs> I love that movie. Now you're... Man. Not cool. So, well, I think I've heard enough, and I don't want to watch this movie ever. So, thanks for watching it for me, Jordan. You are welcome. Thank you, Carter, for choosing this powerful <laughs> film for us to I wonder how he heard about it, because I've never heard of this, and it sounds... Carter I mean, knows a lot of like interesting movies that people forgot. It's got a seven seven point six on IMDb. I think it has like an eighty five on Rotten Tomatoes. Really, I stunned. Pretty good. It's yikes. But I think Time Bandits does too. <laughs> Just Terry Gilliam. Just Terry Gilliam. Email, email accounts. Giving them better ratings every time. All right. Um, I think 
my trivia question can probably be answered by someone who didn't even watch the movie. So do you guys want to go for it? Is this part of that that game, or are we? is this just a, a side project? This will be fun. Let's do it. Okay. You guys ready? Sure. Yeah. Was this movie better than Time Bandits? <laughs> uh, oh, that's the toughest of ones. Um, <laughs> this movie surprisingly has an 82 on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm sure someone, I'm sure people out there love this movie for reasons I can't comprehend, but I did not like the cut of this movie's jib at all. So, but it was nowhere near the disaster that Time Bandits was. So, yes, this movie was better than Time Bandits. <laughs> What about your yes or no for the movie, Stevie? I guess we should end with that, huh? I'm happy that I saw it so I can warn people not to watch it. <laughs> um, Yeah. I, this is a pretty crappy movie. I'm never going to watch it again, are you? No, no, I won't. Um, I, I also think it's just really long. Like, it's two hours and 17 minutes, and it could have been, like, an hour and a half, probably. Tops. And it was rated R, right? Yeah. There were a lot of F-bombs and a lot of Robin Williams wiener. (laughs) And they also try to light somebody on fire. No, I... It it gets dark. It's a no. (laughs) It's not the worst movie movie I've ever seen, but it's, it's definitely not great. Um... And I can see, I guess, do you, Stevie, do you know, did Carter suggest it as a punishment because he knew it was bad, or does he like it? I don't know what goes through that man's head. Um, That's fair. I'm guessing he's seen it. <laughs> but if he hasn't, it's a really obscure choice. It is. Um. Yeah. You guys want to play us out with uh, the plugs? Money. Play us out. All right, so uh, we got a Twitter, which is uh, spoilers underscore pod. We have an email address at uh, podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Pitkist. And uh, we got a website, which was created by Vince, which is podcastspoilers.com. Check out all our stats, all the movies that we've reviewed. Vince has been busy on the website this week, too. Yeah, what do you have this week? I think actual stats, I think before they were made up. <laughs> alternative stats? Yeah, they were alternative stats before, now they're true stats. Maybe. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, what else? Uh, you can find us on iTunes, uh, you can search spoilers, exclamation point, or uh, spoilers under the movie category. Uh, I think we're a couple slides to the right. Um, and then you can just leave us a review or uh, send us an email and we'll try to read that on air and uh, give us a good review leave us a bad review we don't care we'll read it anyways is there anything else? Uh, I'd just like to thank Joshua Hensley for creating our intro and outro that you're listening to now Uh, he's from the band The Rutabaga check them out nice thank you guys for joining me um, Stevie especially for actually watching the movie and during this, I'm kind of happy I watched it. This horrible pain. <laughs> like, I'm like, kind of happy I watched it, but I'll never watch it again. It's no gray. It has no rewatchable value. <laughs>
the gray. I do love the gray. We're gonna spoil that one of these days. This was spoilers. Math teacher Mark Math Paper.